This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Michelli turned into his own territory to get away from the forechecking cadre. Now he saucers it out to center. Malamaki jumps up. They've got a two-on-one. Malamaki stops. Rebound. Boyd scores. Former flame Yusuf Malamaki sets up Travis Boyd, who chops the puck into the top corner of the Flames net. And the Coyotes win 4-3 in overtime. Well, I don't know what else to say that we haven't already said after another Calgary Flames game that ends in a one-goal loss in overtime where the team heavily outshoots their opponent but gets heavily outchanced. Oh, and that team just happens to be a team outside of the playoff picture. You wanted all of the Calgary, well, I mean not all of, but most of the Calgary Flames season storylines in one game. You got them last night as the Flames fall 4-3 in overtime to the Arizona Coyotes, as you just heard from Derek Willis on the call right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, last night. Welcome to Sportsnet today, a Wednesday edition of the program. Very happy to be joined on this Wednesday Three-hour program, bringing in the reinforcements. You hear him daily on the big show with Russick and Rose, but uh, joining us this afternoon, Patrick Dumont. Patty D, what's up, pal? Hey, buddy. Yeah, no, I found out uh, late yesterday that I was uh, going to be joining you, so uh, looking forward to it. There's uh, there's plenty to talk about. There I don't is, know what we'd start with. Yes, who knows what we'll start with. Uh, you're not always here on Sports Today. We generally we always started off with Lou. We'll yeah. get to Lou in a couple of seconds here. Uh, to chat about that game last night, uh, Flames fall again in overtime to the Arizona Coyotes. Also on the program today, Calgary Hitman game day, a huge game for the Hitman as they look to uh, you know find a way into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Their second half of the season has not been good, but the playoffs still a possibility for the Hitman. They'll look to bounce back after that tough loss on uh, Brett the Hitman Hart night. They've got the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Three-weight tie for that final playoff spot. Still lots to be decided there, so... Uh, we'll check in with Brad Curl a little bit later on today. Get his sense uh, of what they may need to do tonight. And uh, basketball fans excited, Patrick. It's Woo! the uh, time of the year. Yeah, man. March Madness. Hell yeah. We'll, Starting uh, up tomorrow morning. We'll check in with uh, Matt Usman. Yes. And uh, get uh, some storylines from around that. But uh, we'll kick things off like we always do. That's by heading down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Saying hello to the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He is Peter Labardius, and he's brought to you every single day by our friends at the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. They're now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? Uh, doing fine, fellas. Uh, Lou, I was tempted to simply replay one of our hits from earlier this year and just change things like the date and the opponent around because last night, a, a real example of what we've seen too often this year from the Calgary Flames. It was. It absolutely was. 
Um, don't really have a whole lot more to add to it than what we seem to talk about ad nauseum all the time. And I liked their start last night. I liked about eight or nine minutes of the first period and didn't really like a whole lot after that. They showed some urgency in order to tie the game and had their game on the stick of both Mr. Lindholm and Mr. Huberto and literally the dying seconds to win it. But the parts in between spoiled it. And there has been a lot of it. And last night was another chapter. And it wasn't for me about effort. It was a lot about a lack of execution, whether it was puck management, whether it was getting pucks in behind a very young and what turned into a defense group of five after Josh Brown got hurt. How does this team, and I know you don't have the answer to this, but it just, I don't understand fully. And I think a lot of flames fans are frustrated too, by the fact that they go and have such a good effort Sunday against Ottawa and do so many good things, but can't seem to bring that to the next game, no matter who the opponent is, what the distance is between the two games. There just doesn't seem to be any consistency game to game for this group right now. I, Logan, I'm not trying to dodge it. I don't really have an answer outside of, I know this, when you're frustrated with things and the results keep going the same way, what are you prepared to do different? I don't see a lot of different. No, we hear a lot of different, but we don't see a lot of different. I don't even know if we hear a lot of different. I hear a lot of the same. I don't see a lot of different. I hear that this game is important, and here's the mentality, and here's how we want to play it. And I don't think there isn't a guy in that room that doesn't care and doesn't want it to be better. But as a group, they haven't gotten together and found a way to fix it. And that's what it's really all about. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And it takes people on the same plane and with the same agenda. And most of the time when people are frustrated, including myself, it's about instead of blaming everybody else, maybe put some more on you. We all know what other people should do to fix things. Do we really do a great job, whatever it is, of fixing it ourselves? And I think the answer in a lot of cases, starting with me, is no. Now, I've gotten better at it. Lou, uh, what, it's the frustration, it's the aggravation last night, just seeing like a team where Arizona is, where they are, seeing their skill players like Clayton Keller, Matias Michelli, uh, just take over games. And while the Flames' skill players, you know, there are a lot of, lot of skating around, hey, a lot of not doing... Just hang on for a sec. Sorry, Patrick, yeah. just for a sec. Yeah. Do you really feel like those guys took over the game? I don't think they were taking over it, but it was just, it feels like it's... It just, it's frustrating. They had more see, impact. They than had more impact than the Flames, Flames guys. That I agree with. Yeah. That I agree with very much so. Okay, so... So then what's your question coming off of that? 
just like just seeing like where like the Flames uh, skill guys are with Huberdo and and Kadri. I know they're not in the same ilk and age group and all that, but it's just it's just over and over seeing the guys that should be making them making the plays, making the things work. It's just they're not doing it. I get it. Huberdo's goal at the end was nice, but a lot of it was a lot of just normal like what we've got with Jonathan Huberdo this year. Well, yes, and I you know I'm not trying to not play along mm-hmm. today fellas no, but I get you I'm not I'm not frustrated anymore yeah I'm not because the pattern doesn't change I certainly have a lot of opinion on why things have gotten to this point with this group and I come back to the same place who's prepared to do different is the messaging need to be different Does the plan need to be different? How you play, does it need to be different? I see a lot of things that I think could be better. I just know they're not. And I guess the main question, and I don't have the answer. If I did, I'd give it to you right now. But the answer is they're not on the same page over there. And they're not committed enough to doing better. Because in many situations, we think we're, and it's not that we're not trying hard. Mm -hmm. It's about executing. And it's, it's about, like, truly wanting to fix something. If, if, if you go into anything and you want to fix it, no matter what frustrates you, I don't know, Patrick, what's something on a regular basis that frustrates you? Daily drivers. Daily drivers. Yes. So why do they frustrate you so much? Well, uh, you know, you know, there's the things, you know, they're not following the speed limits, right? Or they're too speed. They're speeding when the weather shouldn't be bad. I, I'm very critical on the road. Like, you know, I'm very proper. I want to be as safe as I can. And then there's people that, 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 don't, that don't care. And that pisses me off. Okay. So, so who do you think has more distaste on the road, them or you? Probably me. So is that on them or is that on you to do better with, your knowledge that there's a lot of poor drivers. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not the world's greatest analogy. I get it. I get it. But I just wanted to ask you because I think all those things apply. I really do. That's not a hockey question. That's not Mm -hmm. a hockey answer, Mm -hmm. but, and, and listen, I'm as emotional and as passionate and I can be a hard marker, mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, the blame game doesn't fix anything. Mm-hmm. And you also have to put yourself in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think your example, in a sense, is a good one. I guarantee you, you're way more frustrated when you drive than a lot of people that you're honking your horn at. And that's not to suggest that you don't have every reason to. You do. But who feels like they're taking it in the teeth every time you're on the roadway? Them Mm. or you? Me. 
That's it. So are you just are you kind of status quo on this group, Lou, until you see something different and and something changes in your mind? Yeah. I, I don't know what else there, you know. Yeah, there isn't anything. Yeah. There 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 absolutely isn't anything. You know, they they have not been consistent enough. They have not had enough consistent performances from either people you're paying a lot of money to. They are not a galvanized group. And like most things, it's, it's not, it's on everybody to share in, but people are mad and you know what? They're no different than all the fans. Trust me. They're not. Because they drive around and listen, and I guarantee I know where their head goes to. They're like, what the hell do you guys think you know? You're not doing this. You think it should be easy. And then they're mad because we've never played the game at the highest level. And we turn around and we're mad because they provide our entertainment and we pay a lot of money in certain cases to watch them. The fans are right, and they're right. Winning fixes pretty much everything in sports. And losing, and when people and teams don't meet our expectations, we're pissed off. That's a group of unhappy, frustrated, pissed off at the drivers people. And if it was easy to come up with answers and there are great players and there are great people and there are great managers and there's a lot of great people over there that I respect highly and think highly of. But there's, there's dysfunction there. And they haven't found a way. And there are just seasons, guys. Mm-hmm. Last season was a season where everybody had a lot of fun and they had a career year. And frankly, when things are going our way, I'll ask you too. When you feel like things in your life are going okay, are you, is it easier for you to put up with garbage? Oh, for sure. And what's the opposite? When it's not going your way, it's harder. Feels like everything's falling down on you. That's how they're feeling. And it's not because they don't want to fix it. They want to get, whether it's Daryl off their back, whatever it is that's pissing them off, they want to fix it. They're just, they're not fixing it. Any positive takeaways from you last night, Lou, in terms of individuals or people that might have stood out in a good way? You know, the more I watch Jacob Pelche the more I just appreciate the living daylights out of him. I love his passion. I love his energy. Mm-hmm. I love his work. He's really smart. Yes, is he going to make some mistakes? Absolutely. But the one thing you can always control is your work. Does he execute perfectly? Does he score as much yet as he would like? No, not yet but he's going to, 
because his work's good. And he makes other people better. And you know what else he does? He makes people feel better with how infectious he is and his passion and how much he loves to play. That's the other part for everybody. And I know it all too well. We get frustrated. We get down. Why am I not being utilized this way? Our business is no different, fellas. We all think we should be in better places and different time slots making more money. I do. But then I have to continue to examine why I'm not and what my part is in not moving the needle more the way I want to. Where's the disconnect? It's all the same. Lou, we'll uh, chat with you tomorrow, pal. We'll get uh, set for the second game of this uh, road trip for the Flames. I'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday. Enjoy the baseball game this afternoon, pal. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm going to try. Yeah. I don't get the sense it's going to happen, but I'm sure going to try. Fingers crossed. Talk to you later, pal. Pete Lombardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, joins us every single day. Kick off the program. Mm. He's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your team the give your home the Gemini difference. Now offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at the Gemini Group.ca. And yeah, there's will sound like a broken record. I know the guys last night on the postgame show, Patrick, felt a lot uh, of the same way that we do right now. That what what do you say? What how yeah. do you present it in a in a fresh way that listeners and people that watch the team want. It sounds lackadaisical from us, but there really isn't. I, you guys watch the games. You listen to the games on the radio. Well, You well, understand as well as we do that there's just – this is the same problem. Logo, exactly. We, you, we've been here long enough to know that every – it's a, it's an up-down, 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 up-down with this group. They made the playoffs, what, five straight years after, after the 0405 lockout? It, it, it was just – it's just never been any any sort of like I get there's a little bit of bump up and then just gets it it's the it just gets released from underneath you like you just can't do anything about it. it. It is so frustrating to just see this team just go about it in the same way. I wonder, you know, I wonder about the Lou. Like if if this is just a team that just wants to play out the stretch and just just get it over with, and 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 if it means the coach is gone, so be it. If it means a new fresh in that face in that locker room, dressing room, to just change things up a bit instead of the old status quo, the same old thing. It's a broken record, your logo. You know it. You know it. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know what the answer is because on the one hand, I'm very much in agreement with a guy like Pat who has said, you know, for a lot of the last month or so mm-hmm. on Flamestock. You can't throw everything out with this year, right? Mm-hmm. And we were in the same spot. Not, not the same spot. I won't say that. But we were in a very similar spot in the bubble season, mm-hmm. right? And I remember that year as well as anybody because it was just the weirdest, dumbest situation of all time. Matinee hockey in July. Yeah, and we all wanted everybody gone. It was time to blow up the core. Mm-hmm. It was time to change everything. And... We wouldn't have got what we got last year if we did that, mm-hmm. right? And and I still want to believe that 
this is just an off year for this group mm-hmm. and that, hey, if you bring back 90% of the group, which you're committed to already, yeah. contract-wise, well, the that- result yep. might be different. But do I believe that with you know, every ounce of me? No, I, I don't because there's clearly something wrong. You know, I think the way you put it is right because that year, the bubble year, you can look at it and say, hey, Look at the circumstances we were in. I get it. How could anybody be at their best? I write that year off for a lot of cases, and I kind of and I'm in well, the same. Exactly. And, and I'm in the same in the in the in the in the Canadian division, the 56 game season. I'm kind of like, what is this? This is not. I think those that year and a half of the NHL was just you can just throw it out the window. It feels like it just didn't. It didn't wasn't real to me. It was obviously real, but it's just no, no. I get you. Yeah, okay, it's just, I understand. Like, what are we doing here? Like, like nobody was in it. There was nobody in the stands. I get the passion from the players is probably not really there. There was that Bud Light Seltzer guy in Winnipeg. That guy was pretty cool. Remember that guy? No, in the playoffs, yeah. When they let yeah, yeah. And they let the, the, the one the, the healthcare workers in. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred fans in Montreal. Right. I wanna believe that it's similar in the sense that you can't throw everything out in one year. And but as soon as I use that in my head, the example that I go to of the, mm. the COVID season, Dumas, yeah, I immediately go, well, that's that's completely different than, you know, we use built-in excuses. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was an excuse. That mm-hmm. wasn't an excuse in the the COVID year. That was real. It was real life. Yeah, that was hard to. That would be hard for anybody to to deal with. And you're separated from family. What's, what's the just... excuse this year? No, is it, is they it... don't like each other. They don't want to play for each other. They don't like the coach. Those are all. You know, those are all excuses for me when you're mm-hmm. high-paid NHLers that are supposed to be at the best of the best and supposed to bring it every it's night. Easy it's easy excuses. It's easy excuses for a team that had a lot of expectations built into it this year. They were the cup favorites in Vegas or one of the cup favorites. And I think we all were, I think we were all taken aback because I think we were all really excited. We were all like, maybe we weren't realistic with these expectations for this group. Knowing the amount of change that had to go that they went through, taking those two guys out of this organization. Well, I don't think the expectations were unfair because nobody really knew. We've never seen a, an exodus of talent yeah. replaced by the kind of talent that came in. Yeah, I get it. In if, the same year. If so it was Huberto at like eighty points at his average, I think it'd be yeah. like, oh whatever. But this is Huberto off of the second leading scorer last year. Yeah. Most exactly. assists ever from a left wing. So I don't now, of course, it's easy for me to say because I was one of those people that thought they were better off. Yeah, I was in the same way, man. I was in but the same way. There were a lot of people like that, and it's it sounds like I'm making an excuse for being wrong, and I'm not. We we all just went off with what we thought would be mm-hmm. best, but no one really knew mm-hmm. at the end of the day what that sort of swap would look like. And now we're learning that clearly... And there's more to it than that, right? There's more than just simply those bodies in and those bodies out yeah. and production-wise, style, there's coaching. It's, it was almost like that, right? fitting a square peg into a round hole. You couldn't do it. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Bradtree Living. It was the organization. We have to keep this thing going. We have to stay. We have a really good thing happening here. I think this can put us over the top, and I get it. Playoff revenue matters a ton in a small market. And just getting those playoff games. You run it. You essentially run this team back next year. They're going to be over the cap, so things are going to have to change. They're going to have to move out some pieces, obviously. 
to, to try and eat to fit this Huberto and Kadri, the Huberto deal and, and Uyghur deals into this thing. Mm. So, like, heavy lifting might be beginning very soon here because uh, you're asking me right now, they're not making the playoffs. And, of course, they're going to try until they're mathematically eliminated because that's just the way they go. It's the way it's going to have to be. But it just feels like, man, we did this in 2010. We did this in 2011. We did this in 2012. And where did that get them? It got them nothing for Jerome McGinley. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We will hear from head coach Daryl Sutter post-game following the team's loss last night. We'll also dive into the text line at 960-960. More Calgary Flames coverage coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sportsnet Today continues on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm Logan Gordon. He's Patrick Dumas sitting in the co-host chair this afternoon. Three hours coming your way on this Wednesday before we hand things over to Pat Steinberg for Flames Talk later on. And yes, Patrick, still lots of talk about last night's loss in overtime. Calgary Flames fall to the Arizona Coyotes. We chatted with Peter Labardius off the top, but wanted to give the text line a chance to chime in with their thoughts at 960-960. I know there's lots of frustration. I know the phone line was busy for Pat last night on the Flames Talk postgame show. When do you get out of here? I don't know. I think at a decent time, but I I know the text line was busy. I know the phone lines were busy. Um, So if you've got thoughts, questions, comments, concerns that you want to bring up, Now's the time to do so at 960-960. Me and Patrick are going to continue the Flames talk today after a frustrating loss. But before we do that, while you get your text in to the text line at 960-960, uh, let's head back to Mullet Arena last night. Here from the head coach, Daryl Sutter. He spoke to the media following his team's overtime loss to the Coyotes. Maybe just take us through this, uh, this night. I didn't really like our first period. I thought it was kind of inconsistent with some of our, some of our guys, but then I thought in the second we were a lot better. Made a couple, couple adjustments in terms of getting around pucks, moving better. I think we uh, answered back twice on goals. I think Walker's goal after, uh, I'm not sure we could have shot it or not got it in at on, the, on their goal. Then Walker comes back and scores, makes it, and then... Uh, Irresponsible play on their power play, on our power play for the shorty goal. Uh, then Johnny scores a big goal. So and you need somebody to make the difference in overtime. Was it uh, more of a pace thing in the first thing you were talking about in terms? Yeah, of- guys getting around pucks, guys standing still with the puck instead of skating with pucks. Overtime, we've seen lots of patient versions of it, but how was it? Uh, maybe more difficult to get the puck back once they had it tonight, or what did you say? Well, I think the first shift, obviously, they got. You know, they had to puck the whole minute and a half the killer line, but then uh, then you you got to get the puck and keep it. You know, we had a couple. The next two shifts are fine. And then, uh, the overtime goal, now was, you know, he stay, should stay with this guy, which I'm thinking he was, and then uh, Elch can't go. Loses his man. Have you ever seen anything quite like the overtime situation here? You've seen a lot in this game, and certainly you've talked about it a lot, but... Just the irony of it all. You're seeing quite like this. Yeah, you know what? I, I, quite honest, you play a complete game. You shouldn't have that many overtime games, okay. right? So it's 
that's that's one part but the next part is then you need guys to make difference right? when you win face-offs and you have control of the puck you need a d-man to make a play you need forwards to drive through things like that and uh, that hasn't been consistent enough that's for sure you had a couple of chances i think 10 seconds left in regulation there that could have probably two or three there yeah and it's hard to tell from the bench but those are probably our, and quite honestly they're probably our best chances in the third too yeah. i mean they only had I don't know what the shots were in the third, but I don't know if other than other than the shorty goal, I'm not sure they had any shots, did they? <clears throat> that is Flames head coach Daryl Sutter following the loss last night to the Arizona Coyotes. 960-960 is the text line. Chime in with any of your thoughts. I'm Pat, I'm Logan Gordon. He's Patrick Dumas. Uh, going through all things Calgary Flames following a very difficult loss last night, Patrick. and Yeah. You know, not trying to spin it in any new way, shape, or form for Flames fans because you've, like we've said, you've listened to it, you've seen it all year long, you've been a part mm-hmm. of it. Um, this is nothing new, but I can certainly understand why last night was another example of you, you lost to Anaheim in a, in a sense where you shouldn't have lost that game. Yeah. But I still look at last night and go, it's a chance to win four or five. Mm-hmm. Right? It, has it, did you get to, would you have loved to have been in a spot where you were in a five game win streak? Sure. But, hell, it's a lot easier to spin last night and say, hey, look, you've won four or five. You're still right around it. Winnipeg lost last night to the Hurricanes, and you picked up two points. The, the glass could be a lot closer to half full on a day like today. Yep. But instead, here we are again. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Maybe that's mm-hmm. on us for not being surprised that we're here. Yep. But I just I keep looking at this group, and I keep looking at the talent they have. Mm-hmm the veterans that they have that we talk about all the time. And I am still surprised that we are where we are. I know it's been, you know, 60-plus games, and there's less games remaining now than than mm. there has been at any point this season, but I'm still surprised to that we're having these conversations. I really am. You do feel like you're just waiting for that flip to switch on this team. You feel It's there. It, it's shown in, in little spurts here and whatnot. Like, I always thought with the Ottawa game, it was they played really well, but... You got to look back. Like Ottawa was coming off, uh, they they had less than a day turnaround. It was a twenty-two hour turnaround from Vancouver, and I know it's not a long flight and everything, but it, it's a, you lose the hour. There was a time change and everything, and it feels like soon as Ottawa got onto this West Coast trip, they were kind of on their way down. And I get it; you want to build your confidence. You can't help the schedule and everything, but you know Daryl talked about it last week when when somebody brought up the point. It was like, what's uh, what's the deal with the Flames losing to you know non playoff teams? And Daryl's response was, well, we're a non playoff team. It's just teams around them, and they're just <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know, but you can go back down the schedule and point out many different games where like, well, you should have won that one against this guy, and the loser points, the most loser yeah. points in the entire NHL. Yeah, that I can't explain. Like that's, that, that's, that's not even it's a personnel usage. That's just I think that's in their head right now. I really do. There's just no way. I mean, they got, they generated zero shots on goal somehow. Yeah, Arizona controlled that overtime. Don't understand from the face off to the end. And don't and yes, don't get me wrong. Is Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk very good players to have at three on three? Oh, we heard Jonathan Huberdeau the best at three on but three. They, but they still got guys. Don't yeah. tell me Elias Lindholm can't play at three yeah. on three, or that Tyler Toffoli or Andrew Mangiapane or whoever. They've got mm-hmm. plenty of guys who can still play at three on three. Yeah. So. You I'm not sitting here buying that excuse that you're only two guys that could possibly. You don't need Sonic the Hedgehog in, yeah. in overtime. 
Is the Sonic play hockey? He might. He might be Should good at it. Sign him up. Some speed. Team speed. <laughs> this team needs it. <laughs> uh, 960-960, the text line. Uh, we're going to go to it a lot during this segment. We wanted to let fans and people listening have a chance to chime in on what was uh, a difficult loss last night for the Calgary Flames. We'll start uh, with this one. Um. How much of this season is losing in gimmick hockey? OT can be a coin flip with three-on-three and skills competition in a shootout. If OT goes the other way, when half those games get seven more points, we're still having this conversation. Getting to OT means in these games you're not losing in regulation. It's just that the team does not have the makeup to play the gimmick OT rules. That comes from Terry in Camrose. And again, that kind of goes back to what I was saying before, that whether we like it or whether it's a gimmick to you or not, mm-hmm. I still don't think that the Flames are at the bottom of the teams when it comes to who they can roll out there at three on three. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something to be said about the style that they're playing, the confidence that they're playing with at that level. And I mean, go the other way. There are some people that don't think there should be a loser point, mm-hmm. right? That if you go overtime, you lose. It's the same as any other loss. You don't get a point. What if it was the other way? <laughs> this team would be so far out of it, Patrick. You're talking Bedard, potentially. You could be. Uh, this text comes from Todd in Bonneville. He says, I am an Oilers fan. However, I'm Burton first. <laughs> I want the Flames to make it into the playoffs. Figure it out, boys. It's time to go. Remember, like, last year, how far away it oh seems like we were talking about the Battle of Alberta in the beginning of the year. We go, man, this Flames team, they could be. And I fully believe that they could be, not that they would beat Edmonton, Mm. because Edmonton's a good team and has every right to win that series they won last year. But to me, depth would be how you would beat them. Yep. Right? Having Kadri and Lindholm and Backlund down the middle. Mm -hmm. That's how you would beat them. Mm -hmm. Right? That's one way that I think you would beat them. Yeah, if all of those guys were playing their best hockey at the same time, which has happened... I don't know. Not ten times I can tell you Maybe. that because when Kadri and Huberto both have two points, they're nine over exactly. one. Exactly. So not enough. Exactly. That's so not matter. ten that, times that Kadri and Huberto have yeah. had two points. No, that's, that's not good enough. Ten doesn't times, matter. man. Out of eighty, uh, what are we at? 60? Depth is the depth is nothing yeah. if they don't contribute at the same time. Yep. Then it's just individuals, and for more times than not, it's been the backline line. <sighs> That's and they're not, good, and you were hoping that the Kadri line, or yeah. you're hoping the Lindholm line, would catch fire at the same time that they've been playing well. It I, just hasn't happened. I love hearing. I love hearing like Michael Backlund's probably playing some of the best hockey of his life, and Blake Cole in that third line. But man, when your third line is your best line, and they're not even scoring, like it's well, just, that's the reason yeah. they're the third line. Yeah. though. that's yeah, uh, that's the. But the it's fr- like, they're not technically the third line. Technically, they're this team's first line because yeah. they're their best line. They play the best. They play the match. But the reason that Michael Backlund yeah. and Blake Coleman aren't all stars is because traditionally, mm-hmm. and this isn't a knock on them. No, no, no. Blake Coleman could be a thirty goal guy. He just doesn't quite have the finish of a thirty goal yeah. guy. Yeah, he has great offensive instincts and good hockey IQ, which leads to good chances and leads to good offensive zone time. Yep. But if you want to be Bergeron, Marchand, and whoever, and you that sort of like, you you've got to you've got to put a yeah. little more offense in, and that's again, that's not a criticism of them. That's why they are who they are, right? Michael Backlund yeah. would be an unquestioned number one center in this league mm-hmm. if his offensive oh, touch yeah. meant he was an eighty point guy a year yeah. rather than a fifty to sixty point guy, mm-hmm. right? That's just what it is. 
Uh, this one says this team 100% needs a captain. Players feel there are leaders. Coach doesn't think there is. That causes tension. This thick says, I commend Tree for how he managed last summer, but it was the best time to restart, and now we're locked into competing and Sutter. So let's sit back and see where it goes. I don't... Last summer, to me, is is so hard to to, to get into because... Yeah the way that the emotions were mixed into that last year with guys leaving. Mm-hmm. I just think it would be so hard. It's it's easy to say now, and I'm not trying to get on that texture about that. Yeah, It's easy to say now, close to 70 games in, that has been a disaster of a year for this team. Well, you should have went and rebuilt at the time. Mm-hmm. You should have taken that opportunity to go and rebuild. But I just, I think it's, that's easier said than done. When you were finally into the second round of the playoffs, you were finally building a battle of Alberta with a team in your province. Yeah, it's an arm. It was trying to be an arms race with those guys. Right, and it, it was it, going it, to be. be hard for anybody to sit there and yeah. go, "Yeah, I'm ready to give that up, and, and we're going to start again." And hopefully, mm-hmm. in five six years, we'll be back and do another battle of Alberta. It's it, it is easy to say the tear down, and I mean, this is one team that's never torn down. They've never in their entire history rebuilt. No, even the one time they got close, they. Pulled the plug on rebuilding sooner than they should have. Well, and that's that. That's that fourteen fifteen year that made a that really threw a wrench into a lot of things. I think going forward for this team, got a sniff of it. Uh, it's a longer one, but this t- text says a team on paper and expectations don't always result with on ace cohesion and results. It's the first year with a lot of changes for our top line. Losing Johnny and Matthew would probably be a kick in the pants for any team's energy, and when oh, yeah. you're mentally or emotionally worried, it causes negative energy. Inconsistent results. Now was our best. T- now this was our best year in a window. Yes, as the contracts were favorable. Now we have to lose pieces of our core guys from last year, even 2019. The summer will be a dive roll on your retool. I think a full rebuild is out of the question with the contracts signed this off season. This one says Sutter doesn't seem to be very accountable for his team when he does talk after games. There's something about the way Daryl handles media that doesn't always sit well with everyone. I think it's different from what the players hear and then hundred percent than what we hear. Yes. I think it's a total different thing, and whether that's good, whether that's bad, because it's kind of like you're telling us one thing, and then you're like telling us another thing, and we hear all of this, and everybody hears this, and they only take it the one way. It feels like it's not a great way to go about it. Uh, Don texts in says, "Very, very frustrating team to watch this year." We just never know what team is going to show up. Is it a coaching problem? Is it a player problem? I think both have a responsibility in this very very frustrating, disappointing team in season. Either that or we're completely frustrated and fed up with this version of the Flames. Mm -hmm. This one says, if Brad and Daryl return, don't expect major changes. The only contracts moved would be Vladar and Zadorov, Lucic, Lewis, and Stone being re-signed. I don't see that being the case. I think Brad is. I think those la- latter three are probably uh, not long for this organization. I could no. be totally wrong, but I don't think those three will be in Flame Silks next year. Uh, I think I don't think you can move Dan Vladar right away because I want Dustin Wolf marinating more and more and more with the Wranglers. I get it. At one point, he's got to get up to the NHL level, but you know Vladar is shown at this point he's a pretty good backup. He could take away some pressure. So that's one guy I maybe you get a maybe somebody wants Vladar. Maybe they, hey, this this we gonna this guy could start for us. I don't know. It, it 
if anything's going to happen, it's going to be to Foley, Lindholm, one of those guys, those guys that are a year away from UFA that are going to be moved out for something. Because I think those are those aren't vital, and I think you can replace them pretty. You know, we'll see. Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's like, well, okay, well, Tyler Tafoli, he's just thirty goal guy. Great, cool. He's in Discovery Ridge texting saying offseason shakeup has really thrown the rhythm and chemistry off. The team ain't that good. Reminds me of when Sutter took over for Jeff Ward. <laughs> so many chances to make the playoffs, but failed. Team just couldn't put it together. Daryl ain't going anywhere. Got to deal with that. Jake texts in says, I think the Coyotes outplayed us because they have something to prove. Most of our players know they're staying in the league. Arizona's a glorified AHL team. They all want to prove themselves to stay in the show. The Flames are too complacent. I don't. Hey, there's some damn fine skill on that Arizona Coyotes team, I think. I, there's some real good pieces, pieces moving forward. Yeah, the guy that burned you last night in Clayton Keller is an all star. Most underappreciated player in this league, I believe. And if that really is, I don't know. I'm not in the law. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the Flames should have something to play for too. <laughs> I think they have By the more. Way, just, just because you're not it. playing for an NHL contract doesn't mean you shouldn't be playing for anything. It's your pride, which man. It's your which, job. Well, exactly. You know, half the playoffs your... don't mean anything to these guys. I think they, I think it means an awful lot. Right? Maybe some of those guys. You and me talked off the air. Brett mm-hmm. Ritchie's probably playing for a contract. Oh yeah, Connor, Connor Mackey's Mackey, probably fighting. playing for a contract. Right. I don't think that's true of everybody. Clayton Keller certainly not, but he found a way to be mm-hmm. effective last night. Mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd, man. Tyler Boyd. Calgary Nightmare Tyler Boyd, apparently. Uh, this one says, I don't understand when Travis we are Boyd, desperate. Sorry. Was it Travis Boyd? Travis, but Tyler Boyd plays in the NFL. What am I doing here? Oh, that's right. Is, uh, you're right. There's <laughs> the other boy. <laughs> Travis Boyd, the Coyote. Uh, Tyler Boyd, the Bengal. <laughs> Uh, this text says, I don't understand when we were desperate for a goal. You see guys like Lucic getting a regular shift, shorten the bench or double shift your best players. I don't see that happening. A lot of people noticed the Lucic bump up last night. And here's what I'll say. I don't think it's as much that Daryl sees Lucic coming in and changing it as much as I think it's just message sending. Yeah, this like, to me, I really think yeah. that's what it is. I think that's Daryl saying, look, and in this case, it was Pelche. Mm-hmm. Move. Get going here. We need you to get going. Yeah. You're going to miss a couple shifts here. I'm going to put you back on, but get there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as much as Daryl thinking, oh, well, Luch, Luch in high level here, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up, because here we go. Because yeah. Luch isn't that guy anymore. He hasn't been close to that guy. He's barely been an effective NHL the last couple weeks. That's that's the the hard truth of it is Milan Lucic has had a hard time being a noticeable fourth liner the last couple weeks. Yep. And that sucks. Has he won Stanley Cups? Has he meant a lot to this team in the locker room? Has he had bigger impacts offensively for this group going mm-hmm. back to when he started mm-hmm. and was initially changed? Sure. But if you're in that locker room and you're Adam Ruzicka and you're wondering what played you out of the lineup – and you see those kind of games from Milan Lucic, and you still can't get back in. What kind of message is that to everybody else? Yeah, what's that on you? Right? It was the same reason you had to bring Walker Dewar back in. It's because he didn't play himself out of the lineup. He was hurt. What's the bottom standard for this team to remain in the lineup? Apparently, it's not all that high. No, it's not. Not if your name's Milan Lucic. And I'm not trying to rag on the guy. He gets enough flack from this, this group as it is. 
and I understand why, but I'm just saying at some point, do you not have to look at guys and just say, look, either you play. I thought that was the, the Daryl Sutter mantra to all of this mm-hmm. was that he was going to hold guys accountable, right? If you don't play up to standard, you don't play. And that's what I, I that's why, but we, it's happened to certain players, yeah, but y- not other players. Yeah, I get it. Like, Trevor Lewis, I'm sure I haven't looked at it all. Trevor Lewis is a great guy, but I'm sure Trevor Lewis is not exactly the most effective player either at times. Face-offs, Trevor Lewis is a different conversation, different though. Different guy, face-offs I'm, and whatnot. And penalty it. kill. And penalty kill. But yeah, like I get it with your Lucic. Like, this guy has not been an effective NHL longer, I think, at, a, at, a, at what he is supposed to be. Like This guy is not even close to where he is even... And that that he continues finding himself into the lineup and well, that's up what and frust- down, that's what's frustrating up and is down. Why, why does he get a pass? And others, the don't. old boys' club with Sutter, man, it's his boys. I just don't. It's literally, it's not, it's not even. It has to. It's, it's just. I've tried. I've really tried to to find the reasoning in it. And look, it's. You want to say it's a nuclear deterrent? Okay. I I guess I can't disprove that, but. In 2023, Milan Lucic should not be playing in the NHL. Should not be in anybody's lineup right now. I, I honestly, if he was a 13th forward, like remember when he got scratched earlier in the year? Yeah, and he came back and was looking more effective. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of hockey for a guy that is like physically, like it's a guy who's played a lot of hockey. His brand of hockey has obviously made his decline in skill go a lot. Oh, 100%. Like, those are hard miles. Those are a lot. Those are long. Like, it was this over 10. This is almost 14, 13 years in the NHL for him. It's... A couple more of these before we get out. Text lines all over it today. Uh, we appreciate you guys texting in. A um, couple more that I want to get to before we get out of this segment and head to Brad Curl to kick off hour two. Uh, David texts in and says, does anyone feel else feel that Sutter in his quirky ways is hoping that one of the players in the dressing room will finally step up to the mantle and claim the captaincy that this team so desperately needs right now? Every team in the NHL except for Calgary has a captain who acts as a buffer between the coach and the players, someone who exudes excellence on and off the ice, demands the best of his teammates, but who also isn't afraid to push back at the coaches when they feel the pulse of the club is trending like it is right now. I think it's time for a players-only meeting to iron this out while there's still time left in the season. The captain's one is, is a conversation that I we've had for a long time. And I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. I don't know that if Tanev or Backland or whoever was a captain from day one, it changes that we would be different from where we are. I think Michael Backland this year have, has certainly, proven to me that mm-hmm. he could be that guy and maybe should be that guy for this team. Yep. But I still think this is Daryl's team, and I still think that it's very hard to to change that. I just I and I, I appreciate what you're saying there, David. I really mm-hmm. do. And I think that the the captain in the right circumstance can certainly be all of those things. Captains the, the captaincy in the city means a lot to a lot of people. You look at who's worn that and it means a lot. And I get it. It's tough seeing your team not roll out there with a captain because it almost feels like you're, it's like, what do we do? It's listless. Because that C is like, you have your leader, that's your face, so your franchise, you have a direction, it feels like. I get it. The Jets don't have a captain either. A few of the other teams, the Habs, or the Habs have a captain, sorry, but the Jets don't have a captain. You know, it, it's, I'm not, I feel like you have, if you have a bunch of leaders in that dressing room, it shouldn't be a problem. 
Letters or letters. Letters or letters to me. Thought we thought, yeah. But maybe maybe they do need a single driving voice and not a bunch of voices talking with a different opinion. Maybe they have to have that sole voice. Uh, a couple quick ones out here before we get out of here. George in the Jungle says uh, this version of the Flames is too small, not skilled enough. We need a bona fide number one star like Gio, Iggy, Gaudreau, or Kachuk that can be our captain. Every pointer win from now on is just a worse draft position come June. Even if we made it into the playoffs, we wouldn't win a round. Uh, this text says, guys, 95% of the people who say you rebuild, um, who say rebuild the team would still be bitching with the losses. You take two high-skilled guys away from any team, it's going to take two to three years for this team to gel like what they had last year. Time for a chill pill. Next year, everybody will be back on track, even if they don't make it to the playoffs. A couple more here. John says, this team has a lack of chemistry and confidence, and the fans are on edge almost every night. The only one I'm not worried about blowing a game is when they're up three goals. When teams are within two goals, a loss is more expected than a win by the end of the game from Calgary. And this one says, uh, where is this one? Uh, this one says this is a, a sad way to end it, but um, the season's over. When will fans and media get it? The season's lost. Team needs some tinkering, a proven score, a better defense. Manch has to go way overpay. That's just uh, really a smattering of the text that we got at 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, and chiming in on the text line. Uh, I know there's lots of frustration around this group right now, Patrick, so I thought it would be a good chance to let uh, some of the listeners here on Sportsnet today in on the conversation. Keep it up. Uh, We'll dive back into the text line a little bit later on on the program. But we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side, kick things off an hour or two with a conversation uh, around another team fighting for their playoff lives. The Calgary Hitmen are in action tonight against the Lethbridge Hurricanes, the playoff spot still very much in their sight lines We'll check in with uh, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Hitman here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.